Guide Podcast, Episode 55. Hey, it's the Boomer Gal, Kaylin Amadio, and I have another new guest for you today. And this is no small topic. Listen to this. We're talking about unlocking the power of the mind and the brain. See, I told you it was not a small topic. With Craig Paulfus, he is a psychologist and an international leader in two groundbreaking advancements in human potential. The first we call the three principles a psycho-spiritual, though non-religious, understanding that identifies the principles behind all human experience, thereby accelerating mental, emotional healing and growth. Again, not a small topic. And the second is Higher Brain Living. It's a neuroscience program that organically changes the physiology of the brain more powerfully than any other known method, and it's verified through EEGs, that's right, Paul, to accelerate personal transformation and create sustainable change. It's fascinating. Craig is published in professional journals applying the three principles that I just explained to you, and uh, he applies them to leadership and high performance. So, Craig Paulfus, welcome to the Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks, Kaylin. I love to meet people like you and be able to share the amazing things I've learned and and that can benefit people and spark some interest. Well, thank you for your time and right back at you. I I love meeting interesting people. So we're going to unlock the power of the mind. Uh, I always ask my guests, I gave a little, a little bio, you know, about you, but if you could elaborate on your story for us and tell us more about you, Paul, how you came to be doing what you're doing. And I always uh, tell my guests that if they, they feel brave, they too can admit whether or not they are a boomer. Oh, I'm a boomer. That's (laughs) yeah, I'm definitely a boomer. And, um, and by the way, I know it's easy to make the mistake. My name is Craig. You keep calling. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my you know last what? It's because of your la- it's because of your last name. I'm right. thinking. I'm trying to pronounce it correctly. People, when you see the spelling, it doesn't sound like Paul. But in my head, I keep saying Paulfus, Paulfus, Paulfus. I am so sorry. I'm. So, I was so set on saying your last name right that I keep calling you Paul, Craig, Paulfus. I apologize. Thank you for pointing that out. Sure. Um. So strikes that maybe you know the two most interesting and powerful things i could talk about and you're right they're not small topics is the power of the mind and the power of the brain um and boy well how, how did you get into into this to begin with you know what brought you to this point where you're so involved in this particular subject well, it started just, I just had a thirst since I was a kid to really understand my life and myself and relationships. And of course, a part of that was how, how to be happy and how to be fulfilled. And I became more and more sophisticated in my ability to think about that and articulate that as I grew up. But it was there as early as I can remember. So that led me in my formal education into sociology and psychology, which I double majored in. Okay. Then I became a psychologist as well as a clinical social worker, which was furthering that interest and that education and the ability to apply that then to help people. But I always 
as much as I um, found value in what I had learned, I always felt like there were better, there had to be better ways. So I kept looking and exploring outside the field or on the leading edges of the field. And that led me, and that was always or often connected to my own personal interest. Um, and uh, so that led me to discovering the first art, you know, there's these certain synchronicities in life that are just uh, pretty interesting. You know, the saying, when the student's ready, the teacher appears, right? So I was ready to learn about these principles when they first started to come into society, um, uh, someone who was not a psychologist had a spontaneous awakening. Um, you, we've probably heard or read about such things and um, completely changed his life. And, the, how, and when he shared his story with other people, um, his name was Sidney Banks. When he shared his story with other people, their life started to change. And word of that got to some mental health professionals. Some of them knew other mental health professionals that knew me. And I found out about it. And as I looked at it, it was like, man, this is the next, uh, this is a true breakthrough for the field. And the reasons it's a true breakthrough is it was able to identify those core principles behind human experience that are true for every human experience. So it literally ushered psychology into becoming a science. Um, the founder, or not the founder, the father of psychology, William James, said, someday these principles of mind will be discovered, and when they do, they'll usher in a whole new era for hum humanity, and that's what's been happening. Um, this is spread all over the world, helping people create sustainable change, but it's not in the mainstream yet, which has kind of surprised me, and I've always had a passion to get the word out, so that's part of my motivation for being here. Very um, nice. Very and I'll, I'll say one more thing sure, that sure. makes it a breakthrough because it turns our perception of our experience on its head, so to speak. Um, and this fits with the ancient teachings about the world being an illusion and all that kind of stuff, where, where it looks like the outside is creating our experience. If it's a sunny day, I'm happy. If it's a rainy day, I'm not. If it's nice traffic, I'm okay. If it's bad traffic, I'm stressed. And it looks like, well, I'm kind of just a victim of what life throws at me, and it makes me experience what I do. But when you stop and look at it, the obvious is it's not. that's not true. It's the way my mind puts it together, right. that our experience is literally moment to moment being created from the inside out. And as one begins to see that deeper, not just believe it or, or espouse it, but really see it, this newfound perspective and well-being and power comes into a person's life because they've been living under the illusion and therefore experience that they're a victim. And now it turns around that no matter what life gives you, you can, you, know, you can make lemonade out of lemons. Now that sounds like positive thinking, but it's beyond, way beyond positive thinking, but we probably don't have the time today to go into that part. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. Well, first of all, are you familiar with the Landmark Forum? Yes. Okay. So I've taken the forum and the advanced forum. So I, I have a sense of what you're talking about, right? Yes. With this, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it. And for people who have not, that's all right. As we talk, uh, I, I think you'll hopefully begin to get a grasp of the kinds of things that, that Craig is referring to. But are, is our brain wired in such a way 
that our first response is always, I'm the victim. How do I deal with this? Or was that a learned behavior? Because almost universally, everybody seems to act that way in well, that, that's like a good psychologist. That's a yes and a no. <laughs> um, but that's a perfect question and a perfect segue to talking about the brain, too. So let me give you a little overview. And if it doesn't answer your question, ask it again um, and maybe in a different way. Okay. So science has shown that the brain developed or evolved over time in layers, and the first brain, we could call it the survival brain or the lower brain, was all about physical survival. And that makes perfect sense. Right. So its job is to be on alert all the time for threats and problems to protect us, to make sure it's safe. Um, so that's the oldest brain. Some say that that's millions of years old. So it's mostly unconscious and it's down there constantly scanning for threats and problems. So that's kind of an on-edge alertness that clearly connects with the stress response, right? It's down there, but it's in one sense, it's good. We need that. Thank you, uh, survival brain. Here we are. We're, but, but its concern is only for physical survival. Like We have to take care of this business first. Then other layers of the brain developed which it has very little, if any, awareness of, so to speak. So it can't think like the middle of brain that has more to do with emotions and relationships or the prefrontal cortex, the higher, the higher brain, in its ability to make change, envision possibilities, have a spiritual understanding um, and consciousness, meaning and purpose in life. It can't relate to those. So when we wake up in the morning, and our, our, we look out our eyes and our lower brain sees that we're physically alive. It goes, great, success. Do what you did and don't change anything. Its logic is sameness equals safety. So we've got this lower brain very dedicated to keeping us safe. So whenever we start to go live life, just live life, let alone make change, it's mostly unconsciously saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Stay the same. And it, the other thing is our lower brain filters 100% of our sensory data through it first to make sure we're safe. So here we are. No wonder it explains why making change and then having it last has been so difficult for people because we literally physiologically have a brain that's um, we're un- innocently letting it run the show. It's not bad. It just can't run the show. So what's so profound is the understandings in this new psychology give a, a psycho-spiritual understanding of that and allows us to stay in our other parts of our brain and not let that run the show. So what we literally do, we feel calmer and more in control, and we kind of, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's that part of my brain. Thanks for sharing. But then with another brain, so to speak, I will decide which thoughts do I give life to or not. Which thoughts do I act on or not? Which feelings do I act on or not? Now, what's amazing with the higher brain living breakthrough is that it looks at the same thing and it came at it from a brain and physiological perspective. And uh, Dr. Michael Cotton spent 30 years researching this and he figured out a way to release the physiological grip the lower brain has, allow that energy to go where it was designed to go through the brain to the higher brain and eventually to the intelligence 
in the heart, which is another whole topic. <laughs> and that's when we feel most connected, moving forward, flowing at home in our own skin, using our full brain and our full system to live life and move out and succeed in the world as well as up in terms of life understanding. Now, I just said a huge amount in a short time. You really but- did. And I'm saying, I'm thinking to myself, I could talk to him all day long about all this because I find this kind of stuff fascinating. You know, anyone who would who would go to the Landmark Forum clearly finds this yes. stuff interesting. Yes. yes. Uh, okay. Completely fascinating. Now, let me let me ask you a question. I I understand that you work with individuals and you work with groups. You know, there's leadership training and there you know there's individual work that people do. So I'm assuming that you've you've worked with people across all kinds of age spectrums. Would that Absolutely. be correct? Absolutely. Okay, so these are big concepts, right? And they're not for everyone. You're talking about the evolution you know, another part of the evolution of mankind and understanding our brain and where we're, where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing as we continue to evolve higher and higher and higher order um, towards enlightenment as, as some, you know, believers would, would think. And if I might jump in there sure. and this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people, but I, I can't hold it back because it's true. And I have an ethical obligation and a moral obligation to get this out to people. We've Our initial research over the last five or more years, we have EEGs showing that more and more people have the brainwave patterns of people who have classical enlightenment. That, that's, that you use that term. And, and in fact, I'm writing a book that's going to bring, that's basically going to say, describe what enlightenment is and how mental health and addictions professionals, now that we know this, have to bring this into the field and why. And it'll become very obvious why. It's not just some airy-fairy spiritual thing. It's literally uh, um, a shift in brain um, physiology and control to the prefrontal cortex. And this is already proven in science. So... And, and so, that's a whole nother topic. Oh my, that's what I mean. I could talk to you all day long because I, I find this stuff fascinating. So if you've worked with people across a lot of different age spectrums, how do you find the boomers in, in terms of sort of embracing this whole idea? It seems to me that boomers are, tend to be somewhat like me, at least the ones I'm seeing are attracting or whatever, that they tend to be open and interested in these kind of things. You and I are perfect examples of that, right? Right. We've never met before, never spoken until today. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, That are many or most of our generation, I think, came into this world with a proclivity for consciousness, compassion, helping, making a difference. And not just in someone else. For sure, it has to include your neighbor or, you know, somebody in your life. But on the biggest picture, the world, because we were beginning to have much, much more of a world consciousness. And then in comes television and radio and and Internet and just to help expedite all that. Mm -hmm. So I find a real interest and responsiveness um, by people um, who are boomers. There's also I, I hadn't thought about it till this interview Another range, I would say maybe in the 30s age, maybe our children's age. My oldest son is like 35. And 
who have a particular openness. Um, in some circles, they're called the green wave, the people who are, you know, tend to look at their health and fitness and being vegetarians and, and yoga and, and, and that, and that's throughout society. But people who are attracted to holistic health, things like that, really like the idea of, of these two um, resources when they look into them. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they do. So for people who are, are listening to us now, and they're getting interested in this whole topic, if, especially if they've never heard about it before, and they're thinking, hmm, all right, this is pretty interesting. I need to understand this a little bit better. What are your, your top three tips that you would like to give them as they begin to explore this, this whole concept of, you know, you, using your whole brain? Let's, let's evolve so, towards enlightenment, everyone. So you're asking not so much about resources to learn more as what you could do in your own life. Yeah, what could you do in your own okay. life? Okay. I would say, number one, from a psycho-spiritual point of view, and spiritual just means formless. It's kind of, there's a dimension of human experience in life that's formless, but still real. Like, like what's the shape of mind? Mind has no shape. Mm-hmm. What's the power of thought? You know, how much does that weigh? Well, it doesn't have physical form, but it's there nonetheless, and we're using it. So right. um, from that perspective, just reflect on the possibility right now as you're watching and listening that um, that everything you experience, we're used to thinking, well, I'm experiencing the computer or the, the conversation right now, which is true. But more fundamentally, I'm feeling my thinking. This is my mind and my thought and my consciousness combining right now from the inside out. My experience is my thinking, my creation to the degree, whether I'm you know, aware of it or not. And just to reflect on that. And some people right away will go, well, that's not true. If somebody did X to you, Craig, you'd get upset. And wouldn't it make you feel upset? Well, even if it seemed like it, it would be me agreeing with it in my mind and being upset, you know, and I'm not saying being upset is wrong or bad. It's, this is just an explanation, a neutral explanation of how experience comes to be. So just that awareness will start to shift things. When you really start to see it, you'll feel a, a, a simultaneous feeling of calming down inside and perking up, <laughs> feeling like, oh. Like insight, like, whoa, and then starting to feel the potential of this and that it's not a gimmick. It's really true. So that's one thing. And it's a small thing in a way. Just don't oh, consider that your your experience is, is coming from your mind um, and see what difference that might make. And just stay open to find that an interesting experiment rather than an analytic process. Um, and that might be hard for some people to do, especially, you know, that's a, a switch that you have to. Right. If you think that it's right. the outside influence that's being inflicted upon you and causing you, right, to have right. your feelings and your emotions and your reactions, as opposed to what you're saying, in order for me to feel some emotion, I have to, I don't know if it's unconsciously, but I have to buy into the fact that that's what I'm supposed to be feeling, sure. right? I, I have, have to, to, I have have to have believe to. that. Yep. When I see my flat tire, I have to go to somewhere in my head to go, oh, isn't that funny? Or, damn, 
Yeah. Oh, that's going to ruin my day. You that's have, right. You have then to own I'm, that in order to make it real. That's right. And I'm yeah. the one who gives life to that. And it's right. just be aware of it. I'm not saying any tool like positive thinking at this point. You'd need to study it more to see how actually profoundly simple things can shift for a person. Right. So you wanted a couple more. Um, something else is just to be aware that when you have a fear response, um, when you have, when you've tried to make changes, lose weight or be fit or whatever it is, and it just seems like a struggle, consider that, oh, in one sense, this isn't my fault. To get that pressure off yourself and go, oh, this is a part of my brain tr constantly trying to get me to not change. And it's like a part of me loving me in a really powerful but ignorant way. <laughs> like, oh, it's trying to keep me safe, or I'm trying to keep me safe, but oh, okay, and then I can relax about it and go, instead of going, what's, this seems like a flaw in me. Why can't I make changes? It's like, you have no flaw. You've just got things that aren't, uh, you, have, you just need to get that in its proper place and let the energy and awareness go to the other parts of your brain. And that becomes an interesting discovery and learning process rather than therapy, or it could be in the form of therapy, the kind of therapy I do, but um, not traditional therapy. You know, so it becomes an interesting awakening process rather than I'm flawed and I have to fix myself. Imagine how much calmer everyone would be if they were able to do that. Absolutely. No, no, there's almost no crisis that would seem overwhelming. That's know? right. That's right. And people will see it and they'll go, how can you stay so calm? And it's not like you're unfeeling either. My, well, here's a little personal, my, uh, Youngest brother has been in ICU for over two months, and his wife has not only learned what I'm telling you, but she also got trained to be a higher brain living uh, facilitator. That's the neuroscience program. And she, um, the nurses and everybody go, how are you staying so calm? She's there. She cries sometimes. She's, you know, involved in learning, and yet there's this calmness that's there because there is a part of us inside, and this is not just philosophy or airy-fairy belief, but it's factual truth that you can uncover. There's a dimension in us that is always calm and okay no matter what situation we're in. And if we can be aware of that and feel that, then it comes into our situation. If we've got our attention elsewhere into our worried reactive thinking or whatever, then, of course, where we put our attention is what we experience. See, that's one of the things you learn that it's like this magnifying glass or this, I heard somebody put once, it's like an Aladdin's lamp. Where you put it, it starts to expand your experience. So you put your consciousness into all your problems, you're going to get more bigger problems. We're not saying don't pay attention to your problems. We're just saying understand this power you have. So perhaps it's better to put your consciousness into the problems, see them, and then shift it to solutions. <laughs> Right, or, right. or to creative thinking and, that, and yeah, that persevere makes sense. in that. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So what do you think is, is the biggest challenge for people in, in starting to discover this about themselves or to, or to make these changes in how they're thinking and feeling? I think once a person wakes up to these kind of things and resonates with them, before they do it, they either don't notice it or it's just kind of this weird stuff. Mm -hmm. But then when it starts to resonate and they go, oh, and they want to explore it. Well, on one hand, there seem to be more and more resources out there along these lines. 
On the other hand, <laughs> a lot of them are pretty kooky. <laughs> and um, I guess the biggest challenge is sorting through those and finding now what is really the most science-based um, but not science-constrained and truthful, useful resource. And, uh, and of course, I, I'm, I'm with the two most advanced that I've seen in my 30-plus years of professional work. The Three Principles and Higher Brain Living Neuroscience Program. And if I saw better, in fact, it was only five years ago that I heard about Higher Brain Living. And the other was just like, this is a breakthrough. I'm published in it. It's amazing. I wasn't looking for anything to add. But then along came this breakthrough and I couldn't ignore it. And I, and I went, oh my gosh, I have to get trained in this. And I was invited with the founder onto the national leadership team. And I'm out there in both these worlds sharing this because we need it, you know, and it's, it's the choiceless choice as some say. (laughs) Well, it's fascinating. Now, another question that I have for you, as you were talking about the, uh, the original brain, you know, the fight, fight or flight, you know, whatever, whatever that part of the brain is, the survival part, there's the, the other parts of our brain that we've started to use to analyze things. And I'm often conflicted about gut instinct, right? So is, is gut instinct coming from that original brain, the one that's trying to keep me safe or not? Because I, I tend to be very right. analytical about things and I ignore sometimes what my gut is telling me that and are you, you know, bringing pan- this up? That panic moment, and yep. I tend to ignore it and go, no, 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 no. And I wonder if, you know, I should be listening more often. Right. I, I'm suspecting you're bringing it up because you have a gut feeling you should listen to your gut. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so simple. So, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but if it's, just, is- if it's trying to keep me from change, you know, how do I, when am I controlling that? And when am I, well, when yeah, should I be listening? It's, that ability to tune in more to the information that's in your system. So there literally is a school of thought that says we have actually, well, here's a different, instead of three layers to the brain, that's there. We have a brain in our head, we have a brain in our heart, and we have a brain in our gut. And part of that is they've found that those areas have a predominance of neuronal tissue, neurons like in the brain. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh my gosh, we actually, and when you think about it, we do kind of think with those three brains, but they communicate in different ways. So when those all three are synced up, or you could call that listening to those parts, and not just listening, but then going with trusting them, acting on them, they work together more and more for our lives. And if we're designed that way, the degree to which we don't do that, we get lessons. And the degree to which we do it, we get confirmation, right? And it's so if we can understand this, it can accelerate our ability to get on track, so to speak, with how we're designed and benefit from that rather than have to learning, you know, through every little like I married 10 alcoholics and then I figured out that wasn't a good idea, you know. (laughs) Right. So. When, uh, so did I answer you, your question? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, your your the first thing you said was the funniest, right? Yes, I must yeah. I my gut instinct is that I should be listening to my gut more. I mean, how obvious is that? When you say that we have uh a brain not just in our head, but in our heart and in our 
in our gut. Would that explain why sometimes when you when you get an emotion over something, you sometimes feel it in your chest or you yes. feel it in your totally. gut physically? You know, sometimes oh. people feel love in their chest or they feel loss in yes. their chest or they feel, you know, nervousness in their in their stomach. Is that why? Yep. I, I, I have a broken heart. I feel like I got kicked in the gut. Right. Absolutely. And you, and you literally can feel it. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And there's another point that I want to, I'm just remembering that I want to make that, you know, the thing about, well, what if your gut says this and the, see the lower brain will like, if it's, if it, if it's any kind of change, it will question it and doubt it and get you to not change. Um, just because if that's its job, it thinks, and it doesn't, can't think like the other parts of our brain. So when right. we're using the other parts of our brain and the higher brain, we're actually using the whole brain. So the gut and the wisdom part of us will wisely, instead of like, it's not like the higher brain fights the lower brain. It's like the higher brain puts the lower brain in its proper place and uses its value, but it transcends it. So it will be like you get more and more used to discerning when a gut feeling is to be followed and when a gut feeling is not to be followed because you know, you've been fooled by your emotions sometimes, you know, and, and so, so it's more of a whole brain, um, versus you're only using part of your potential in any moment. Right. Okay. Uh, like I said, I could talk to you for a very long time, but I want to respect everyone's time, right? You and I would enjoy sitting here for two hours and talking, but maybe not everyone would want to listen to a two hour podcast. (laughs) So as much as we both think we're completely fascinating over this topic. (laughs) So if, if someone's listening right now and they're thinking, okay, this is fascinating. And I would have been willing to listen for two hours. I want more of this. What would you have them? What would you tell them to do right now to get started? And what's the best way to get in touch with you personally in case they want to reach out to you? Um, yeah, I have a third idea, too, that I'll throw out first so I don't forget it. And that's uh, probably contact you and say, why don't you do a longer one of these with him? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll do a Very special good. presentation. There right? you go. There you go. Very good. In fact, yeah, I'm a part of a health summit, a couple health summits coming up that have longer things. So, um well, my contact information, I'm in uh, Minnesota. My phone number is 612-730-4843, 612-730-4843. And you could email me at Craig, C-R-A-I-G-P, Craig P at higherbrainliving.com, Craig P at higherbrainliving.com. Um, and, I, and just so that everyone knows, as I always say, I include these in the show notes. So in case you were on the treadmill and couldn't write that down and you're panicking, please do not panic. Tell your your original brain there's no reason for panic <laughs> because you'll be able to come back to Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast and look up uh, Craig or any any of the search terms that would bring up an episode like this about you know brain power and you'll be able to find this particular episode. And you and I'll give you that the phone number and the email address, so you don't have to worry if you couldn't write it down right now. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so, um, what was the question again? So, how, what, how, what what's like a first step? What would you tell yeah, them first, if they want to get up off the couch right now and start to explore this whole topic? What would you tell them to do? What's a what's the best way to get started? 
um, you know, there must be an answer to that that's better than the one I'm going to give you. <laughs> the one I'm going to give you and your audience is um, just to connect with the resources. Because like you said at the beginning, this is a big topic said in, in some ways, said in very simple, understandable terms. But when you just look, I mean, just the little sentence, you're feeling your thinking all the time. You could reflect, you could reflect on that every day of your life for the rest of your life and continue to get more out of that. So to say, do this one thing, maybe that would be something to do. But I, what I feel most is like, well, connect with the resources. You can go online and Google search three principles. Um, there's a particular website called Three Principles Supermind I would recommend, but there's lots of resources. You could go to the Higher Brain Living um, website at higherbrainliving.com. Um, and if you, especially if you have an interest in possibly um, getting certified in this, talk to me directly because I'm the one kind of overseeing much of that and and uh i can um get you the information enroll you and actually get you an unadvertised enrollment discount if it's still in place if people have that kind of interest and you know we have people who have been 75 years old who've gotten trained as certain as uh facilitators a 75 year old psychologist got wow. trained so yeah. So and and the, so yeah. You, so you can uh, teach an old dog new tricks. Is what yeah. You're saying. <laughs> even old, even old baby boomers. <laughs> there you go. Even old baby boomers can change their ways. Although uh, I tell you, I keep running into members of our generation, and they're completely open to learning new things and yes. and having new experiences. I, I think that's part of what's fascinating about yes. the baby boomers. Yep. And I think it's a legacy that we've passed on to our children too. That they're. Yes. They're much more open to the world than as much as I love my parents that, you know, my children are much more open to embracing the world than my parents ever were. Exactly. My right? situation. So too. we, we do continue to evolve and it's a wonderful thing. I think, um, uh, before I let you go, I like to ask us if there's a particular inspirational story or quote they would like to leave us with. Yes. Um, well, I'll, I'll give you a, quick one from me and then end with the one I wanted to share. I have one that says, uh, you have what you're looking for, adjust your focus. That's very that, wise. Just say that one more time. People you have what you're looking for, adjust your focus. Right. That's true about everything. Yeah. And that can seem bewildering to some people, but we are whole and complete and so is our life. And I know it doesn't, see, that's the outside in view. It doesn't look and feel like it sometimes. But when you begin to just explore the other possibility, which the next quote is going to speak to, it can completely change your life in one insight, one thought. Right. It completely change your life. We that, tell that's just a, that would be a great thing. Write it down on an index card. And every morning when you get up, just read it to yourself and sort of reflect on it. Right? Yeah. And over time, it'll, it'll really change your life. Just a simple concept like that. So what, what's your other quote? So it's a, a, a line from a, a couple lines from a poem by Rumi, if people have heard of Rumi. Many know that the drop is in the ocean. Few know that the ocean is in the drop. I like that. 
we that's, are, that's worth repeating again. Just say that yes. one more time so people can hear it. Many know that the drop is in the ocean. Few know that the ocean is in the drop. It's in the drop. Yeah, we always think, you know, one way so often. Yep. And we don't see we, the connection. That the whole of what life and existence is, is that ocean. So we're not just this little body and personality. We're that. But we're the ocean, too. And yeah. all power and wisdom and potential of the ocean is in each of us and it's and if you if you're attracted to that idea or know that to a degree you can awaken to that more and more and more and just have a, a great journey right oh i want to keep talking to you but i'm gonna i'm gonna be good about your time because you're sharing your time with me we'll have you come back on and, and we'll pick another you know piece of the topic and and go over it again if, I'd love if you to. like my pleasure this has just been a joy I would uh, I would really enjoy that. So Craig Paulfus, it has been a real pleasure meeting you today. Thank you, Kaylin. I'm glad that you could spend time with us. And for those of you that have been listening, this is the Boomers Ultimate Guide podcast, where on Tuesday afternoons around 1 p.m. Eastern, we release a new episode like uh, with guests like Craig so that you can build a thriving business, which is part of what I help people do. But it's really about living a, uh, a vibrant life. And that's clearly something that Craig can help you with. I can tell just from this conversation. So until next time, I would very much like you all to take care. Boom, baby. That's it for now. See you next time on Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.